Welcome back, Badgers fans, to a special edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. It's been a little while since we did one of these, uh, but we're bringing it back for the uh, um, big early signing day special. Uh, this, is, uh, it's a, this is a big deal for um, recruiting, and it's kind of changed the recruiting season as we know it, specifically for Wisconsin. Uh, the Badgers saw, didn't have any surprises in uh, – they're getting their 2018 signing class to uh, send in the, their letters of intent. Their morning, uh, everything was wrapped up by, uh, I think it was 10 o'clock. And so I'm joined again by John McNamara, who knows this uh, recruiting class inside and out. We're going to uh, discuss a little bit what the, what the badges are getting in this uh, 2018 class and you know, probably what this, what this signing, early signing period means for the Badgers. And so, John, um, let me just start by what are your just general impressions of this class? I mean, the, the, the thing that stood out to me as we saw it develop is just how quickly it all came together for them. I mean, like they had most of these guys in place by, you know, by the time fall camp rolled around. I don't, I don't really know. I think, was it just like one guy that they added, um, during the the actual season, I mean, they they've had most of these guys committed for a long time, so we we've no, had a chance to kind of you know see how it's been developing for a good while. Yeah, definitely. It's this class has been essentially done um, since the summer. You know, you said um, you know one guy. You know, Dante Burton was the guy that they added in the fall, and then prior to that, eighteen of those commitments that they had uh, were all wrapped up before July sixth. Um, you know the usually when when you do this when you cover recruiting a lot uh you know fall is a really busy month for you because every sunday you spend a good chunk of time trying to uh track down official visitors kids who are uncommitted who took an official visit to wisconsin and this year for wisconsin it was kind of the opposite where the summer was really busy where they got a lot of kids to take unofficial visits and they were wrapped up their commitments during the time when they had uh summer camp and in around uh, that that June and July area where they locked up a bulk of this class. So um, all of that is kind of a result of what you saw today, where you know they went in knowing that they they were going to sign 19 kids uh, by 10 o'clock. All those all those scholarship and you know paperwork stuff had been sent into them, and it was the 19 guys that they expected. Um, you know sometimes they'll even send out you know scholarship information to kids that they they think could have a chance with signing, but that wasn't the case today. Um, so, you know, they kind of described it as boring, uh, you know, from those, the Wisconsin football offices, but, you know, it's kind of exactly what they wanted if you're Paul Christ and that staff. Uh, things worked out exactly as they thought it was going to work out. And like you talked about, John, much of this work was done this summer, and they were able to hang, out, hang on to guys throughout the fall and the winter. So I guess uh, what stands out to me, I mean, obviously the – I was curious as to how this was going to go just because it's such a new thing. And so in talking to, you know, people around the program and, and all, you know, just to find out what their plans were for signing day and anything like that. I mean, like we, you know, we knew what the drill was for signing day for as long as we've been covering this is that, you know, you have a good couple months, you lead up and then right around in, uh, you know, early February, it, it's a big deal. And, you know, there, there's more drama, and you know, you, there's the chance that you add some late guys uh, to the to the um, to the recruiting recruiting class. Kind of like what we saw uh, last year, where the Badgers added uh, Danny Davis in. Uh, I think the, that was on signing day, uh, where they picked up his commitment. They got him to sign. And so, I guess, I mean, from your perspective, does the early signing period you feel like change much of you know the the pattern? I mean, do you, do you feel like the Badgers are 
going to make this early signing period kind of uh, their actual signing day moving forward? I mean, with future recruiting classes, or do you think it's just going to be kind of a year by year basis for that? Yeah, I, th- I think Wisconsin ideally wants to play out exactly like it did today, where, you know, they, they lock up guys in the summer and then they, they keep their eyes and ears open throughout the fall, maybe add a guy or two, and then they get those guys all, all committed and signed and delivered, you know, uh, on December 20th or, you know, whatever day it's going to be next year and the years following for that early period. So, um, you know, the more the more I thought about it, the, the more that, you know, it's, it's very obvious to me, at least, I guess, in my opinion, that uh, this early signing day does benefit Wisconsin. And if you listen to Paul Chris talk about it, he's always kind of been in favor of it. Um, and then you kind of saw why today, um, you know, not only did they get all the guys that they wanted, but, you know, when you lock up these guys, you know, it prevents other schools from coming in. Now, it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, two big people, you know, in the world of college football who don't like the early signing period are, are Urban Meyer and uh, Nick Saban in Alabama because, you know, they're, they have programs where if they miss out on guys, you know, later in the process, they go after, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, tier two guys or plan B guys at schools like Wisconsin. You know, it's, it's happened in the Badgers before where, or, you know, Ohio State or, you know, an in-state program misses out on a guy and then they go after the next guy in line, which might be on a, you know, a commit list for a school like Wisconsin or Iowa or Michigan State or something like that. So, um, you know, when these elite, I guess, blue blood programs miss out on guys, they're very accustomed to, you know, snatching another prospect, um, you know, from a, a school, I guess, in, in a lower tier, if you want to say that. Uh, now they're not able to do that because a school like Wisconsin – all their commits are locked up, and now they can focus their attention on the one or two guys that they maybe still have on their board and kind of reevaluate things after this first signing period. So I think at least in this year, it was very, it was a good thing for Wisconsin. I think Paul Chris was very happy how with how it played out. I mean, looking at this, the, the class that they signed and the guys that are now you know, officially um, you know, coming to Wisconsin, they've signed their paperwork, sent it all in. The Badgers can officially comment on them. Uh, did you get a sense, uh, you know, just from the the comments that they made today, or from what you've heard, you know, in, in talking to our you know, your sources on the uh, on the staff and the guys that go out and make these evaluations? Is, is there anyone in particular that you can name as uh, like a prospect or two that you think that the coaching staff is really you know, amped up about uh, somebody that they really feel like is going to be a good fit either on uh, on offense or defense that's part of this class right now? Yeah, I, I think it absolutely starts with Bryson Williams, um, the defensive tackle that they were able to get. Uh, well, they got, you know, they got him in the summer and then they were able to hang on to him when Nebraska came in with an offer uh, just, you know, a week or two ago when Scott Frost took over that program, they tried to flip him. Um, you know, this is a guy who's going to enroll early at Wisconsin. And then if you listen to, you know, the coaching staff talk today, uh, specifically Saeed Khalif, who uh, does a lot of the recruiting stuff. He was on something uh, on a Facebook Live for the Badgers website. And um, he, he singled out Bryson Williams as a guy that said that uh, he's a guy that's going to help them win next season. So, you know, he'll come in early and potentially be that number two nose guard. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do there because I, I think, he, you know, physically he, he's, he's able to do it. He's a, he's a strong kid and he's an athletic kid. Uh, he's pretty stout, um, you know, in, in taking part in spring camp and then all of summer workouts and then fall camp, I think he'll be ready to go. And I think that's the expectation for him. Um, so if he comes in and, and kind of solidifies his, 
his position at Wisconsin and is a guy that can be in the rotation. Maybe that allows Garrett Rand to bump over to uh, to defensive end and, and compete for one of those two starting jobs that's open there. So um, I, I think he's the most important guy that they signed, and I think that he's a guy that they expect to be able to contribute right away. Yeah, and I think that obviously you have to give a lot of credit to the, the coaching staff for you know um, keeping him in the boat, so to speak. Because, I mean – the for from what you know has been said and written about uh, Bryson and his recruitment, it obviously sounds like that the previous Nebraska staff really put Scott Frost and his uh, you know incoming Nebraska staff in a big hole in terms of the the groundwork that they had to do to you know even try and you know get him to flip and to stay home and to go to Nebraska but the Badgers really did you know they they didn't you know take it for granted that he was definitely going to uh to stick with his commitment and uh you know come to Wisconsin even after getting this late attention from a new coaching staff in his uh you know his home state uh and obviously you know showing him the love and having uh, Paul Christ and you know, uh, in OK Brechterfield, go out and uh, pay him a visit with an in-home uh, an in-home stop. Uh, obviously, I, I think it just goes to show that, and it, it, obviously, it, it sounds like uh, Brechterfield in particular played a big part in uh, Williams's recruitment overall. And uh, I think it, that's just going to be one of the you know we're talking about it right now, but that's a really important part of this story. And, you know, something that, especially for a guy that's so crucial to this um, recruiting class, just because of, you know, what the depth chart looks like with Olive Sanopolu, uh, I believe he's going to be a, uh, I think he's a senior next year. And so you really need yeah. somebody in the pipeline at Noseguard to, um, you know, ideally get reps this coming season in 2018 and then take over that role full time uh, after Sangapolu uh, graduates. And so, you know, I, I think you definitely have to give uh, the Badgers credit for the work that they did, not only recruiting him uh, the, you know, the first time around and getting that commitment, but to hang on to him despite, you know, what for, I think basically every recruit is going to be one of the ways that you can get someone to flip from a commitment that they've had for months is to, you know, all of a sudden you receive this late interest from your home state school with a new coaching staff that's coming in. I mean, that, that can take a lot for a recruit to say no to the chance to stay at home and to play in front of family that's right there. But you know, the Badgers did what they needed to do to keep a really important piece of their recruiting class committed. Yeah. You know, especially with Williams too, because I, you know, I talked to him and he said, you know, if you look out of my window, you can almost see Nebraska's football stadium from my house. So, um, <laughs> you know, when, when that, when the offer first came in for Nebraska, I guess my first gut feeling was that, um, you know, Scott Frost with the momentum that he had coming in and the connection that he had with Bryson Williams prior to this, because central Florida offered right. him and he was pretty familiar with guys on that staff. So I guess my first gut feeling was that Wisconsin, uh, was going to end up losing him. I thought that he would take an official to Wisconsin, and then I thought he would take another official to Nebraska after that the next weekend and then end up flipping to, to Nebraska. But, um, you know, as you talked about, that wasn't the case. And, you know, as you said to John, I think a big part of it was his relationship with, with Coach Brechter Field and how close he was with him and, um, you know, the relationship that those two have built since really the summer um, and you know, if you, if you hear Bryson Williams talk, if you, if you're lucky enough to get a chance to talk to him in person, maybe, uh, he's a really well-spoken kid. He's a smart kid. Um, and I, I think he really was torn, but you know, he went through the process. I think he weighed out all the pros and cons 
and really the relationship that he built with Wisconsin and the, and the academic path that they set him up on and the, you know, the social path and, you know, the, the, the path on the football field, I think kind of outweighed uh, that, that quick impulse to play for that in-state school with Scott Frost, which I know was a very, a very appealing option to him. So um, I guess in the end, I'm, I'm a little surprised Wisconsin was able to, to, uh, to hang on to him, but um, you know, it, it's, it's a great gift for the staff for a lot of reasons. And, you know, he might be their backup nose guard next year and maybe a three-year starter. I know it's, a, it's kind of a long way to project for a kid that just signed his paperwork today, but um, there's big expectations for Bryson Williams, and you can make an argument that he's the most important member of this class. Is there anybody on the the offensive side of the ball or, or uh, any of the athletes that they signed that were kind of uh, projecting play, I guess wide receiver in particular, that stand out to you as either guys that will uh, play early or – Guys that in the long run, in the in, you know the next couple of years, will um, you know end up being big contributors to uh, to that part of the team. I mean, I think, and we wrote about this uh, for the, our uh, signing day preview with you know just taking a look at things. But what what surprised me the most, and um, the thing that stands out, is how the Badgers are continuing to add um, skill players out on the perimeter. That you know you're not taking like one wide receiver or two wide receivers and hoping that they, you know, pan out in the long run and end up being major contributors. It's, it's kind of, it reminds me of, the, you know, one of their previous recruiting classes or two where they've taken a bunch of guys at wide receiver and said, you know, basically saying, we think that, you know, we're going to get these talented guys to come in here. And if a couple of them pan out, then we'll be set with how, you know, the offense is structured. You don't need, you know, four star wide receiver, you know, four, or for impact wide receivers, you need one or two guys that can step up and complement your tight ends and be reliable options in the passing game. And to take, you know, another four ish wide receivers with uh, Isaac Arendo, um, Aaron Crookshank, uh, AJ Abbott, and uh, Taj Mustafa, um, I feel like that's another sign that they're going to stick with that philosophy, you know, as long as they have kind of the the scholarship flexibility to do that is take a bunch of guys and develop them. And then, you know, in, in two or three years, if you have one or two guys that are, you know, stars or, you know, starters or anything like that, then you've kind of uh, hit what you were trying to do. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. And, you know, if you're, if you're Ted Gilmore, you know, the receivers position coach, I think you're smiling ear to ear today because, you know, you're going to walk into a position room, into a film room next fall. And, you, you know, the four guys that you mentioned, you know, they, they put Garendo and, and Crookshank as athletes, you know, guys that could do a little bit of everything. I, I think they end up at receiver. Um, I don't see them playing on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, you talk about the four guys that they signed today, um, you know, the four guys that they have back, you know, that played a lot of time this year. Right. And, and, you know, Danny Davis, Quintez Cephas, uh, A.J. Taylor, and Kendrick Pryor. Uh, Cade Green's another guy that they're really, really high on uh, that right. redshirt this year. So, you know, you're going to have, what, you know, nine, ten guys who are all battling this fall. And, uh, you know, that's only going to improve that position so much more. But, um, you know, going back to Garendo and Crookshank, um, you know, those guys are just speed guys. And, you know, they, they made room for Crookshank because they felt that he was a guy that they couldn't pass on. And then you thought they were wrapped up. But then they made room again for Garendo, who was at the time described to me as someone who just fell under Paul Chris lists of guys that's, that he just said, hey, yeah, we, we need to have him. So, um, you know, Garendo's story is pretty well told now where he went to Notre Dame's camp and blazed the 40 time there, the fastest uh, time at that camp. Wisconsin jumped up on him, got him on campus, felt he was a guy that they needed to offer. And that offer looked pretty good after what he did this season 
uh, in the state of Indiana at the wide receiver position. I think it was, you know, I'm not sure what it was, but he was voted the receiver of the year in the state. Uh, he put up big time numbers and, you know, both Garendo and Crookshank are guys that talked about running track at Wisconsin. So I think one of the themes of this class is speed and, and the things that Wisconsin did in order to, to maximize that and bring as many guys with speed uh, onto this uh, 2018 class as they possibly could. I mean, like that bow is certainly, you can't, you can't, um, you know, blame them for uh, making that a big emphasis. I mean, like that's, I think that's definitely something that over the last couple of years or so we've seen, um, become a uh, a larger focus for um, both Paul Chris staff and then you know, previously uh, Gary Anderson. Even though um, you know you can go back and look at some of those recruiting classes and see a lot of guys that didn't pan out, but you know making the the offense and the defense um, faster and more athletic to the point where they can kind of catch up and compete with the other teams that, you know, a couple of years ago, it seemed like there was a gap between them and where the badges were at in terms of athleticism and, uh, you know, being able to, uh, to compete in the games that they played against them. I mean, like it, I, th- I feel like that's a trend that's going to continue too uh, into, uh, you know, 2019 and 2020 is just, you know, looking to make sure that, you know, obviously the, the badges are always going to recruit, you know, their type of guys, um, guys that they can feel like uh, will be successful in, a variety of different fronts once they get onto campus, but it seems like that's definitely part of their calculation now is, you know, making sure that, you know, they are going to be able to contribute or compete athletically and, um, you know, really make sure that they stack up well against the, the, the top tier of the big Ten and the rest of the country. Yeah. You know, I don't think they went into this class and said, you know, look, we are just, you know, we're so lacking in speed right now. We just got to take all the fast guys we can get. I think that's that was very much what Gary Anderson wanted to do. If you look at guys that he signed, you know, someone like Andrew James, uh, you know, he was about five yeah. foot seven and you know, one hundred fifty <laughs> pounds, but he's very fast. So Gary Anderson liked that, and uh, you know, there's a kid out in California too. Uh, you know, his name escapes me. He's just a fast guy, but not really football players. You know, if you look at Crookshank, you know, his he doesn't play at the highest level. You know, it's New York football. It's not the greatest stuff out there, but. Um, you know, he had some big-time offers, too, Ohio State and Michigan at one time. Uh, they kind of cooled on him before he committed to Wisconsin. But then, you know, once he was committed, Georgia was sniffing around him, too. So, um, you know, he's an electric guy with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's going to er- enroll early, so maybe he can, you know, help in that return game. You're going to graduate Derek Tyndall, who was, you know, at the end of the year was handling kick returns, and then probably Nick Nelson the NFL, you know, your top punt return guy. So, you know, maybe he can he can hop in there early. He he's got a little bit of soldier and Shelton in him, where you know he's he's going to come to campus at about 150 pounds, you know, soaking wet. Uh, they listed listed him at 158 pounds today, um, so he's gonna, he's going to have to add some strength and some muscle if he wants to play in the Big Ten specifically this season. But um, you know, if he's able to, you know, he's like I said, he's electric with the ball in his hands. So um, like I said, I don't I don't think they said like we just have to get faster because it's such a, a such a need, but you know, when you look at guys like Crookshank, you know, you, you have to make room for him. And then a guy like Garendo, that, that was a staff judgment call. They said, you know, he, he is fast. Uh, he has legit, uh, you know, 4, 4, 40 speed. We want to we wanna add him to this class. And then, you know, like I said before, it looked really good, uh, like a great decision after what he did this senior season uh, at Avon High School in Indiana. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how they, they, they mix those guys in. I think Garendo is a little bit more of a traditional receiver, but Crookshake, you know, he, he he played quarterback. When I talked to his high school coach, 
you said Wisconsin will use him in, in you know, special teams at receiver, uh, in that jet sweep, and you know even some wildcat he's able to do. So uh, he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you, and that's what makes him exciting. What do you what do you make of the uh, uh, the Badgers signing more prospects from from Michigan than uh, than normal? I mean, do you feel like that this was an an aberration? Because I I mean, it's not an area that I mean the Badgers have played around in Michigan a little bit. They've you know gotten some guys out of there uh, over the last couple of years, but this is a big haul uh, this year. I mean, do you feel like this is something that you know they're going to keep uh, focusing on that state in particular when they look? outside of the state of Wisconsin, or was this a year where you felt like the stars just kind of aligned where there you know, were a couple guys out there that really you know, checked off a lot of boxes for them, and then you know, they found out in the recruiting process that uh, they had a, bunch, you know, a couple prospects that were interested in them from the, the Wolverine State too? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess to go back, you know, Wisconsin has always kind of put – a body in Michigan, you know, where, where they did have a coach that was always assigned to Michigan, you know, dating back to when I got started with this and Brett Bielema was, was running that program. And, you know, he, he stuck Delvon Alexander there and Delvin Alexander had no connection to Michigan. Uh, he had a miserable time recruiting that state and they, they just never really got any traction going there. I know that uh, they had a couple guys here and there, but uh, you know, I, I think the big thing in this class uh, Mickey Turner is, has done a great job in that state and uh, since since then Bob Bostad's taken over but you know when they were able to get Reggie Pearson early in the process that kind of opened the floodgates because he kind of served as um, you know I guess an ambassador for Wisconsin with the other guys that they looked at and um, it's just you know looking back um, you know it's certainly a theme this summer but looking back um, outside of Pearson the other four guys uh, that they had commit, uh, you know, A.J. Abbott, Taj Mustafa, Jalen Franklin, and Michael Furtney. Those guys all had Michigan State offers uh, at the time right. of their commitment, which is which is just awfully impressive because that was almost like unheard of prior to this that Wisconsin could go in and get a guy that, that Michigan State wanted from, from inside the state of Michigan. So the fact that, that they got four I think is a huge statement, and, you know, they're certainly going to – continue to go in there uh you know in this 2019 class and beyond they've already got a commitment from logan brown who not only had a michigan state offer for but a, but a michigan offer and offers from just about every school in the country so um they're going to ride that momentum as much as they can so i think it was a, maybe a little bit about the stars aligning like you talked about um but the momentum that they created with reggie pearson and being you know that leader of this 2018 class the first kid that they have commit you know vocal guy that was in the ears of a lot of these kids and saying hey look you know, go down to Wisconsin, give it a shot. You know, you're going to like what you see. And then he was kind of helping them throughout the process with all four of those guys that committed. Um, it, it's it's a great thing for the staff. It's I think, you know, maybe above anything, it's the biggest thing that they can hang their hat on is that they went into Michigan and got four kids that Michigan State wanted. Um, you know, if if Michigan State came in and, and was able to sign, you know, Cormac Sampson and, and C.J. Getz and um, – who else am I forgetting from inside the state? Well, I mean, you kind of get what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. You know, yeah, if, yeah. if they yeah, were yeah. going to get in and, you know, get four top Wisconsin in-state targets, you know, I, I think our message board would, would melt down. But they had, I mean, we had enough of a meltdown when uh, Craig Evans uh, left state, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that was, you know, much more going on there. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, it's it's a great win for that coaching staff. And, um, I, I, they're going to continue to pound that state as much as they possibly can. I think um, it'll be interesting to see if they have any more success there. 
in future in future recurring classes. Yeah, and uh, just one more thing that I want to touch on. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else, but because I, I know you've had a long day making sure that we were all covered for this, uh, as we were kind of in uncharted waters a little bit. Uh, but you know, obviously, everybody in uh, when you're looking at a recruiting class, uh, everybody's going to look and see what kind of uh, quarterback a team is adding to the roster. Uh, what do you think the Badgers are getting in uh, in Chase Wolf this year? Yeah, I think he could be the most athletic quarterback on the roster when he arrives there, giving them something a little bit different. Um, you know, Hornbrook and Jack Cohn are very much pro-style guys. Correa Lyles gives you a bit more with his feet, I think. Uh, and then Van- Danny Vandenboom is also a pro-style guy too. So um, if you look at Chase Wolf's film, he can, he can do a little bit with his arm and do a little bit with his feet. So he's a nice athletic option for them. Um, you know, this was his first year, this senior season, as a full-time starter. Um, but he played behind, you know, as a junior, he played behind a kid that wound up at Penn State, I think. So um, it wasn't just like, you know, you're sitting behind some slouch and he never, you know, just kind of a late bloomer. Um, you know, people forget that he committed to Wisconsin over offers from South Carolina and, and Florida. So there were some big-time schools that went after him. Um, you know, I don't – I think people are probably more excited about Graham Mertz in this 2019 class, but um, I'd be really interested to see what, what Chase Wolf's able to do. I think he needs to get stronger. Um, you know, he's not a kid that's going to come in and play as a true freshman or compete for time as true freshman. But, you know, after a year in the program, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be really curious to see how he develops. Um, and like I said, I think he gives you something a little bit different than the guys that you already have on campus. Um, St. Xavier is, is a big-time, big-time program out in Ohio. Uh, so he's played some big-time football. I think they were at one time like the number nine team, number, number nine ranked team in the nation. So um, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. Um, I think he's got an above-average arm. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm really excited to see what he can do at Wisconsin, and um, you know, particularly maybe after a year or two in the, in the strength and conditioning program. All right. Well, uh, John, that was a really nice and thorough breakdown of the uh, Wisconsin Badgers 2018 signing class. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm really curious to see where they go uh, from here, and they're already off to uh, to a start, a pretty good start, it seems like, in 2019. Um, so, look, I, I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to uh, having a what uh, would have been a, a busy uh, Wednesday in February uh, be a relatively calm Wednesday in February for over the next couple of months, I'm sure uh, you're looking forward to uh, maybe taking a little break uh, before things really ramp up for uh, 2019 too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, another advantage Wisconsin now has is, you know, you got your stuff locked up. Uh, you know, Coach Khalif, you know, the recruiting guy that we, we mentioned earlier from Wisconsin, the guy that handles the bulk of that recruiting stuff, um, you know, he was really hinting that they're going to, you know, go out and make a splash with this maybe last available scholarship that they have. You know, the guy to look at here is Will Honus. Um, he was offered by Wisconsin on Monday. You know, he's a junior college kid, uh, junior college linebacker. Um, he was set to make his decision today, which is Wednesday, and sign and enroll in the school in, in, you know, next month. But, um, you know, as of 718 tonight, he has yet to sign. I think it's a really good indication for Wisconsin that – they'll be able to get him on campus when this dead period ends and potentially sign him. So um, if they're able to put a bow on this class with, with Will Honus, a junior college kid, um, you know, where some, some have said he's, he's, you know, maybe one of the top junior college linebackers in the country, that would be an excellent way to go out in this 2018 class. You know, probably a guy, you know, maybe similar to like what they did with Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, maybe he's a guy that's in the two deep, 
in his first year on campus and an urgent starting job like Van Ginkle's expected to do this in this 2018 season. So um, there's still some stuff out there, and Wisconsin can put a lot of resources into Will Honus or anyone else that they identify late in the process because they have, you know, 19 kids already locked up. All right. Well, uh, John, uh, thanks again for uh, chatting about uh, Wisconsin's early signing day. Uh, certainly uh, interested to see where this whole uh, new, you know, uh, I guess rhythm to the, the recruiting season goes from here. But obviously the Badgers are pretty happy with how things uh, shook out for them this year. So you'll obviously have uh, plenty more coverage on uh, Wisconsin recruiting on BadgerBlitz.com. And the, the Badgers obviously have the uh, the Orange Bowl coming up on uh, next Saturday. So I think we'll probably do another show uh, next week to preview that before I head out to Miami to uh, uh, to take in that game uh, as the Badgers wrap up their or 2017 season uh, against the uh, number 10 Miami Hurricanes in, uh, in Miami's own stadium, which is uh, interesting enough. So stay tuned to uh, BadgerBlitz.com. Thanks again to John McNamara for joining us for the podcast today. And we will talk to you guys next week.